1: Mitch Trubisky is on the cusp of entering free agency, and there seems to be a number of teams that are interested in bringing him in and having him compete to be the starting quarterback. And I know that Bears Twitter for the last number of years has been very divided. It's very volatile. There's there's two sides of this issue with Mitch Trubisky, and I am just here today to tell everybody, to implore everybody, there is no need – to ever be upset with Mitch Trubisky. We don't need the jokes. We don't need to rehash the past or anything like that. I think that what we can recognize now is that Mitch Trubisky and his time in Chicago did not work out. I'm not going to say that it was all his fault. I think that we've seen over the last couple of years, Matt Nagy certainly had something to do with it. And by the way, let's go back and remember that when Mitch Trubisky was drafted, on a lot of people's boards, he was the number one Quarterback, not Daniel Jeremiah, not me. Both of us had Deshaun Watson, but still, he was very well thought of, and it didn't work out. And any, if if, if anything, what we should be doing is is rooting for Mitch Trubisky. Hopefully, he can go to Pittsburgh or wherever suits him. Uh, Green Bay, probably not. Like I don't want to. Like I guess if he goes to Green Bay, we could root against it. Like that would be the ultimate. Like Mitch Trubisky goes to Green Bay and becomes a superstar quarterback. That I almost don't even want to say those words out loud. But still. We should be rooting for him. And hopefully he can have a Ryan Tannehill-like turnaround to his career, go to the AFC, lead somebody to the playoffs, be very productive. We'll be like, oh, that's cool. You know what? We don't need to have any ill will towards this man anymore because we have Justin Fields. We have a bright future. Everything's good. So whatever – listen, whatever you thought about Mitch Trubisky in the past, just let it go. Move forward. And with that, Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. because you're about to listen to the sick, podcast the sick Podcast with Adam Ray. Trying to cut it back. Justin Fields making magic happen. There goes Fields. Touchdown. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Welcome to the Sick Podcast. I am your host, Adam Rank. Tom Brady recently announced that he is going to be starring as himself in a motion picture that he is producing, and I'm going to have some thoughts on that. As a matter of fact, later on in this show, I am going to rank the top 10 NFL players who turned into actors. And I'm talking real actors, too. Not you were you did a cameo in any given Sunday or anything like that, but I'm talking about real serious actors but that'll be later on this show because right now uh, i'm very excited to have this guest join us here today she does an amazing job for the usa today she is the lead writer for the bears wire and if you don't follow her on twitter then you're missing out i don't know what to tell you it's like when 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 somebody tells me they don't watch the book book of boba Fett or something i'm like i don't get mad i'm just i feel bad for them because they're missing out so please welcome to the show right now Alyssa barbieri of the USA Today and the Bears, where well, Alyssa, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm
0: excited to talk some Bears football. I know, you know, even though we're in a bit of a lull here, it's about to heat up in like a couple of weeks here.
1: There is no lull. You're you're turning out content seemingly every day, and as a matter of fact, on today, Thursday, the twenty fourth, uh, you had an article based on some NFL.com rankings, but you talked about David Montgomery and the Bears situation at running back. And I think that as we talk about the Bears, so often we think about the huge needs on the offensive line. What are we going to do at wide receiver? What are we going to do at cornerback? But it's like, hey, running back, we seem to have this position nailed.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that's something that, you know, just a couple years ago wasn't such a stable (laughs) position group. And now you have not one but potentially two starters, you know, with Khalil Herbert being that steal last year, which was just incredible. and you know, obviously, Damian Williams probably isn't coming back here. But then you have Tree Cohen, who, you know, we've kind of forgotten about here because obviously he wasn't able to rehab from his ACL tear last year. But, you know, with Dave Montgomery and Khalil Herbert, you know, it's it's hard not to look at what Luke Getzey and the Packers did uh, there in Green Bay with, you know, uh, Aaron Jones and uh, A.J. Dillon and hope that maybe the Bears can do a little bit of that with Montgomery uh, and Herbert. there.
1: Yeah, I think that fantasy enthusiasts – don't like that at all I think that we all love when one guy becomes the running back but I think the reality of the NFL is that you need two good running backs to compete so it feels like the Bears have those guys
0: yeah definitely and we saw that last year too really impressed with Herbert and How as a rookie, he stepped in there and, you know, in all four games that he really had a significant amount of reps, you know, he rushed for at least 70 yards or more. And obviously David Montgomery goes without saying, you know, he's one of the better running backs in the league at this point. So it's nice when you can turn to someone like Khalil Herbert, especially if Montgomery were to go down. Because we know injuries happen, and we saw that last year as well. So just having that one-two punch there and knowing that you have a reliable backup like that just makes you feel really good on offense, especially for that's the quarterback's best friend.
1: No, for sure. And we're referring also to a list that was done on NFL.com by Kevin Patra uh, with the Around the NFL. And he was listing teams like Needs a Running Back, Solid, and then Depth. Like anything else would be a luxury. We were actually in the good part of that column, which is amazing. It's it's the one time – where we feel we we can feel really good about ourselves, I think our kicker is really good too now, so that's that's also helpful. But what about Tariq Cohen? Now we had Jonathan Wood on the show Tuesday night, where we do a little take it to the rank. It's a live Q and A show, and we talked a little bit about Tariq Cohen. It still seems to be a lot of a lot of mystery surrounding him. What's the latest? What have you heard about the return possibly of Tariq Cohen?
0: Yeah, you know, at this point, I know that you know Cohen took to Instagram or Twitter or whatnot and kind of admitted the reason that. He didn't come back last year was he was afraid to that he didn't think that he was going to be the same player that he once was but you know obviously he's going to have to get over that hump because the Bears signed into that three-year yeah. extension last year and then like what a week or two later he suffered that acl tear so i mean if cohen were to be healthy which that's the expectation and the hope at this point and the Bears intend to keep him because I know they could free up about like two or three million in salary cap space, but, you know, if you have a, he- a healthy Tariq Cohen, I mean, that can do wonders for this offense. You know, we've missed him for a couple of years here and we kind of almost forgotten exactly what he brings to the table there. And also at punt returner, if you know, that obviously with Daz Newsom, he could be an option there at punt returner, but Tariq Cohen, when he was back there, he's just a playmaker all around.
1: Yeah. I wonder too. And, I know that he didn't allude to this, and this is my conjecture, but perhaps if there was a different coach last year, I, I I don't know. I I wonder how much of it it's like, yeah, I'm not I'm not coming back to play for this guy or whatever. Do you think that there's anything to that? I know that we don't know. We're we're spec we're recklessly speculating, but it's the last week of February. This is what we do this time of year. Do you think that could have played something into it? I don't know. That's a a good question because, I mean,
0: especially for a player like Tariq Cohen, who's been around since the beginning of the Matt Nagy era. So he's kind of seen how this has transpired. Obviously, the first year, you know, we got to see exactly what he could be in that offense. And then it just kind of like kind of went downhill after that. So that could have played a part. I mean, but I think it's more for Tariq Cohen. He's a player who he's just kind of you know, excelled at being that dynamic speedster who can, you know, who can make those cuts. And, you know, when you suffer that ACL tear, obviously there's a lot of fear and coming back and and rehabbing from that. So I think it's more just he was afraid that he wasn't going to be the same player that he was. But again, you know, you're in the NFL, you're on a roster. You're going to have to make that. You're going to have to see that. You know, whether you are that same player, you're going to have to come back to the NFL at some point. So, I mean, I I don't know if it had to do anything with Nagy per se, but I mean, you know, maybe that would have motivated him a little bit more if there were a different coach. But I mean, I guess we'll see this year.
1: Yeah, it's it's a, an interesting situation. I think a lot of us get caught up too. you know, these guys are NFL players. And, you know, it's probably because we play Madden and it's easy to be like, get out there and play your healthy, ready to go. But, you know, when you think of things in day to day life, like I, I think the closest I can ever come to it is like when I was uh, an avid skateboarder and you would take an epic fall. Like getting back on that board is very difficult the first time. So maybe he just needs to drop in at one point and uh, just go for it. And hopefully he can do that and move on. You also uh, reported this week that Justin Fields is back out there working uh, again, Jonathan and I had a, a at-length conversation about this on Tuesday night. He said that Justin Fields is garbage. No, he did it. He did. I'm joking. I'm joking. He didn't say that. But what are, what are you hearing about Justin Fields? How are the workouts going? And uh, what do you think about Justin Fields moving forward into year two?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, looking ahead to this year, I mean, just the fact that he is away from Nat Nagy just makes me feel incredibly relieved and very hopeful because, obviously, it, I mean, if he were coming out this year, uh, in the NFL draft, he would easily be the number one quarterback and could go number one overall. So, I mean, just like the talent that he has, I feel like obviously, you know, Matt Nagy squashed a little bit of that. Like, I mean, it's just, just completely just unbelievable the way that he handled that. And that's a big reason why he's not here. Uh, so, you know, obviously seeing Justin Fields, you know, getting back to work and stuff, I mean, he looks really rejuvenated and ready to get back at it. Like, I think it was even after the last day or last game of the season he he was like oh yeah me and darnell mooney or we're gonna go you know start training already and that was like right after the end of the season like you really feel that from him this is a really big off season this is the first time where he is going to be the quarter the starting quarterback qb1 here you know without a doubt uh because they got the right guys in place that know that now so i mean it's i'm really excited to see what luke gutsy uh does with him especially because you know, one of the first things that he said that I just loved was that he's gonna build this offense around fields, which I mean it's very simple and it sounds very really obvious, but that's not something that we've had here in Chicago with Matt Nagy. You know, like he had didn't never really realize that. He was always trying to obviously fit these players to, you know, fit his offense. I mean you have so many quarterbacks in that fail in this offense, you know, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, uh, Andy Dalton, even Chase Daniel, Justin Fields, you know, like it, at, at one point it's not, it's not the quarterback anymore. It's it's the coach. So I've been mean, just really looking forward to seeing Justin Fields get to work with an actual offensive coordinator and this coaching staff that has his best interests at heart and a, and a general manager that really understands the importance of surrounding him with weapons and protecting him up front. So, I mean, it, it's hard not to see, you know, to, you know, see Justin Fields and not think that he's really excited about this point where he's at, you know, he's ready to go. And, you know, we got a long way to go uh, until the start of the season, but you know, it it looks like he's not
1: slowing down at all. Not at all. And I think that one of the most telling things for me in the, the last couple of weeks or last month or two is we went into last season and I don't think that looking back over the history of the NFL, I I can't recall a situation where a a rookie quarterback was handled worse, where a team just botched it completely. And to the point of, like, when you draft a rookie quarterback and you've got a bubble coach, like, you might as well let that bubble coach go. And um, But in anything, I I thought, though, one of the things that I was really impressed by, and this is a win, this is a, a press conference win, they brought Justin Fields out when they introduced the coach and general manager. I think that that was a huge move. What did you think of that? And what, what did you think when Justin Fields showed up at that introductory press conference?
0: Yeah, I was shocked, but also pleasantly surprised because, I mean, that's the first time that didn't happen, you know, with Mitch Trubisky or even Jim no. Cutler. Like, I mean, that really said everything that, you know, Bears fans needed to know about how this organization feels about him, about how he was there speaking on behalf of the entire team. And he's someone that they're prioritizing. I mean, because, you know, there was a lot of, Uh, you know, questions about, oh, you know, the Bears hired a defensive-minded coach. Do they really care about Justin Fields' development and all this? You know, and polls and Iberflus didn't really directly talk about him in the press conference. So, you know, fans are kind of overreacting a little bit. Uh, So, you know, the fact that they just kind of put him out there to kind of speak for the entire team and to have him be a part of this process, you know, I think it spoke volumes. And it's something that we haven't seen from this franchise. So you kind of hope that it's, you know, the turning of the tide here. but. I mean, it it just, it says everything you need to know. Like Justin Fields, they are putting all of their eggs in his basket. Like he is the franchise quarterback moving forward. And now Ryan Poles and Luke Getze, you know, this coaching staff, they're going to have to prove it. And, you know, we're going to see when Ryan Poles starts making some of his first moves here, how he, you know, addresses the offensive line and the receivers. So, I mean, it said a lot that they had him out there and, you know, uh, you know, you can't win a press conference, uh, technically. I mean, I guess you can win a press conference. I think you, I think you I mean, can. <laughs> I think you can win a press conference. So, I mean, we'll see. But, I mean, it kind of said a lot that they had him out there, and that was a big reason.
1: I guess it's like a flame war on on Facebook. There are no winners, but you can definitely lose. And I think to your point, like, when they weren't really talking about Justin a lot, they're like, what is happening? And then they're like, surprise, here he comes. You're like, okay, cool. Uh, really alleviated a lot of fears. But you mentioned it uh, just a second ago, the real big the real big issue comes now about how you surround him with talent offensive line wide receiver. Obviously, running back taken care of, we're set, we're ready to go. How do you think the Bears approach this offseason free agency and the draft in addressing their two biggest needs on offense, which are wide receiver and uh, offensive line?
0: Yeah, I fully expect Ryan Poles uh, to be active in both free agency and the draft with both of those needs. One of the things I loved about Poles in his introductory press conference is he came out and he was like, the offensive line is going to be a focal point. And he knows this. He's a former offensive lineman. And it's just really nice and refreshing to have a GM that understands that you need to protect your investment up front. And, you know, that was a big, you know, obviously a big struggle last year. The Bears were the most sacked. Teens in the NFL, uh, whether that was uh, full, oh, sorry, Fields or-, or Dalton or even Nick Foles when he got in there that one game. So, I mean, ob- obviously, offensive line. It's interesting because you have Tevin Jenkins and Larry Borum there at tackle, and but tackle's still a need. You know, bringing in an experienced veteran left tackle, and there is some on the free agent market there. Like that would say a lot. You know, to-, to really shore up that offensive line. But you also have some, you know, concerns in the interior as well. Cody Whitehair is the only one under contract, so. You know, you can do some shifting there on the offensive line, but I expect, you know, that to be addressed not only in free agency, but also in the draft. And, you know, same with wide receiver because Darnell Mooney, I mean, he's not the only receiver under contract, but he's really the only one that's been, you know, dependable at this point. The only right. one that will probably be on the roster, you know, come, you know, final 53-man roster. So, I mean, there's a lot of work to be done there. You know, you could bring back someone like Jaqueline gran' depth, you know, uh, and obviously, as, as a kick returner, but you know, there's a lot of moves that need to be made, you really need to get an experienced veteran opposite Darnell Mooney, there's a lot of good receivers in the draft coming out. So I mean, I expect that those are going to be two of the biggest positions of need that the, that Polls is going to address. And, you know, call me optimistic. I mean, we, have, we haven't spent a lot of time with Ryan Poles yet, but I feel like he's going to address those. He understands that you have to build around your quarterback.
1: Yeah, and I think that we've seen some evidence of what he's able to do, rebuilding an offensive line, because the one thing that derailed the Chiefs two years ago in the Super Bowl was an offensive line, and he went out there, immediately rebuilt that Chiefs offensive line, and they made it back to the AFC Championship game. So I really expect them to go after it. But what would – to me, I think the philosophy is, especially when you don't have a first-round pick, is that you got to go after – you know, probably a wide receiver in the draft. I think that David Bell is a name that gets thrown around thrown around a lot. That if, he, if he's available at thirty nine, you know, there's somebody to go through. I and mean, you know, there's also a possibility they trade down to get more draft capital, and they kind of address it. I think. I don't know. I want you to agree with what I'm saying. No, I'm just kidding. If it was me, um, and again, like the the draft is such a crapshoot, but I think that free agency is something that you can control. I think that, and this is my personal conjecture, I'm, I'm very interested to, to hear what you have to say about this. I don't think that we're going to see us sign a lot of uh, big-name wide receivers. I don't think that we're going to go after Godwin or Gallup or anything like that, which would be nice, or Mike Williams, who's probably going to sign a big deal somewhere. I think a lot of our free agent dollars will probably have to go to the offensive line because I don't think that picking at 39, we're going to pick an immediate starter. But I think you can get a wide receiver, who can come in and benefit uh, Justin Fields right off the bat at 39? What do you think the uh, the approach will be there?
0: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, Paul said in his press conference that, you know, he was going to be really thoughtful with, you know, in free agency. So it wasn't just going to kind of go out there and, even though they have significant cap space or more than they have in the past for a while, you know, he's not just going to go out there and just start signing guys, you know, because there are obviously some big name receivers, which would be amazing to have a Justin Fields, like a Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, I think we know is gonna be a little too expensive or are you staying in Green Bay at this point or Mike yeah. Williams. So, I mean, some of those are gonna be a little more expensive. You don't wanna, you know, with that available cap space, just kind of use it all on one position because yes, while it's important to surround fields with uh, weapons and protection up front, you know, there are a lot of other needs outside of the offense too. You know, you have the defense kind of switching to a four, three scheme. So you're gonna have to address the linebacker position. Obviously cornerback is a big need on defense uh, and even safety at this point. So, you know, you have to be really smart with how you're using that cap space and free agency, and it, it's hard because they only have five draft selections, thanks, Ryan yeah. Case, um, this year. So you know there are a lot of needs that they need to address. But like you said, I think that if you go out in free agency and you land yourself, you know, like a Cam Robinson from Jacksonville, like over like a solid tackle to really have there in place. I mean, I think that's huge, and it kind of really sets the tone for this is the kind of football team that you're going to do this is you're going to protect your quarterback you're going to surround him with weapons but you're also going to approach this smartly because you know there's a lot of other moves and a lot of other needs that you really have to address
1: yeah they could possibly you know sign one of the big free agents at tackle move one of the rookies inside possibly I know there's been talk of Bora moving inside or maybe even Jenkins Uh, but it does give you a little bit of flexibility I wouldn't mind seeing them obviously if David Bell is available at 39 and we've seen You know, we've seen wide receivers drop. Like T. Higgins was a second round pick, which I thought was ridiculous a couple of years ago. I always I always point out Denzel Mims too. And people are like, Denzel Mims sucks, but I'm like, remember when he was coming out of college? He was a highly sought after wide receiver. He still fell. I still actually think he's kind of good. Like that's that's gonna be a hill that I die on, and I know it's all (laughs) fantasy based. So forgive me for that. But I think that you know a couple of just a couple of key moves like that. Maybe moving down in the draft. I think you know we got to play for the long term. As much fun as it would be to sign Mike Williams, and you want to do that, it's also like nah. Let's be a little bit smarter. Let's if we could pick up Jarvis Landry, maybe if he gets released and he comes in on a. But then guys like that want to go play for winners immediately. Like they want to go to Kansas City or they'll they're if they're taking lesser money somewhere, they're not going to Jacksonville and Chicago. They're going to like some team that's on the cusp. Of of winning a title. What about defensively, though? What do you think with Akeem Hicks? Like I am of the mind of that he's missed time, obviously, but I still think that he's so important. I think that he should be somebody that we try to re-sign. What do you think? And do you think it's even plausible?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I love Akeem Hicks. I think I think a lot of, most Bears fans do. He, I mean, or all of them. I mean, he's just he's incredible and you know, obviously, the last you know last year he struggled with injuries, and you know he made it clear that he wanted to come back to and finish his career with the Bears, which you know, hey, that's encouraging. And yeah, that's it's huge. kind of a, kind of on the lines that so you hope that that means that he would even take like a give like a hometown discount because I think that's the concern is that you know he's on the wrong side of thirty and he's he's had some injury struggles and he would command a contract that's going to be higher than someone like, say, re-signing Bilal Nichols would be. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think it would be completely out of the question because you kind of have to look at what, you know, what are they going to do with Eddie Goldman this offseason, right? Yeah. If you were to cut him, you free up, I mean, or he has a cap hit of, like, $11.2 million this year, and you could free up around, like, $8 million in cap space if he's, like, a post-June 1st uh, cut. So, I mean, if you kind of get part ways with Goldman there, obviously you have two positions you need to fill. And if it's a choice between bringing back Akeem Hicks and Bilal Nichols, it kind of reminds me uh, of, uh, Danny Trevathan and Nick Kwiatkowski a couple years ago, right. When you had like, kind of like the older versus the younger, more promising, you know, prospect and obviously pace went with Trevathan and that didn't end up working out. You probably should have gone with Kwiatkowski there. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's interesting because I don't think it's completely out of the question, but I think at this point, a lot of people have just kind of like kind of just expected that he's just not going to come back, that he's going to sign elsewhere. And, you know, uh, I would not be opposed to it. I think if he can stay healthy, I mean, as we've seen, he's been the heart and soul of that defense and, and just an absolute monster uh, up front. So, I mean, I would love to have him back. But, again, he has, he would have to come at a bit more affordable of a contract than maybe he would be looking for elsewhere.
1: Yeah, you know what? And I wouldn't fault him if he wants to take one last run at a Super Bowl ring. And uh, But if he does want to come back, like, I'm serp- certainly open to it. Eddie Goldman's very interesting, too, because of the the cap space that he frees up. Because the Bears have to sign so many players. Like, we don't have a lot of players under contract that it's like, oh, wow, we've got we to gotta find some bargain replacement guys. And Eddie Goldman's fine. Like, he's a good player. But for the money that he could command and how much he could free up and allow us to go after some other positions and shore up. Eddie Goldman's the kind of guy that I expect to be caught, go to the Rams and then win a Super Bowl again or something like that like of course of course I yeah. like watching Leonard Floyd like I that's one of the most frustrating things about this team is like you see guys like oh yeah like you were close like you kind of knew what you had Cordell Patterson you just couldn't quite do it it's like playing Madden you're like I know what button I should be should be hitting but I'm hitting X instead of B or anything like that um but what do you think i mean when we look at it you know we're all very enthusiastic about Eberflus we love Ryan Poles uh, we like Getzy, We like like. There's a lot of things to feel good about, even though fans of other teams want to hate on us, whatever, which is fine. Go do what you got to do. Uh, how do you feel about this team? And what do you think is a realistic expectation for this team heading into 2022?
0: Yeah, that's a good question because, I, you know, obviously we have to wait to see how this roster unfolds. But I think a lot of it is going to be centered around the development of Justin Fields, which I think we all expect him to take a massive leap. Uh, obviously in year two, because not only is Matt Nagy not there, but, you know, he had that valuable rookie experience that Nagy apparently didn't want him to have on the field. So, I mean, looking at Justin Fields and depending on, like, what happens on offense, I mean, I don't, I wouldn't necessarily, like, take playoffs off the table, but I'm not expecting them. It's kind of similar to the expectations I had in 2018, you know, after Mitch Trubisky's rookie year and with a new head coach coming in. Like, you just wanted to see growth from the quarterback and just kind of grows on the roster in general, you wanted it to be positive, which I think we obviously 2018, we didn't expect it to be that good, but uh, I'm not expecting that kind of performance maybe in year one, but again, you know, it's difficult without, you know, seeing the entire roster at this point, but, you know, I'm really impressed with the coaching staff that Ivor has put together, a lot of experience coming from all over the place and some guys that he's worked with in the past, you know, guys that, you know, you the philosophy with Luke Getze, for example, and just wanting to build around Justin Fields and the strengths of these players, you know, it's encouraging, obviously we don't really know what we have in them until we see, you know, see the the team on the field here and my goodness, it's like what, seven or eight months, which is crazy. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, I definitely expect this team to make strides this year. Um, I, I'm really encouraged by what I've seen so far, but again, it's just kind of like a wait and see game, uh, especially to see what Polls does here coming up and, you know, I'm excited. I mean, I think Justin Fields is a big part of that. You know, even back in 2018, you know, you know, there was a time where fans were you know, optimistic about Mitch Trubisky and like what he could do. Could he be the franchise quarterback? And I think that's even greater, obviously, with Justin Fields because there hasn't really been a, a talent like him, I think, that the Bears have had on their roster and probably forever. So, I mean, that's a big part of the excitement and seeing as long as he kind of takes that step forward, I think that would be considered growth for this team and then obviously getting the right pieces in place around them.
1: Yeah, you know what? I don't think that it's crazy to think that way either. And, you know, going back to 2018, the, the good reason for optimism was that, you know, Mitch Trubisky, I mean, you, you talk about handling a, a rookie quarterback in the worst possible way. I guess the other example would be John Fox with Mitch Trubisky during his rookie year. So they brought in an offensive-minded coach coming from Kansas City. And you're like, okay, this this should work. You know, he's going to be working with them. He probably loves Mitch Trubisky and everything like that. He scouted him during the rookie, uh, during the, you know, coming into that draft that year, uh, 2000, what was it, 17. And so, like, it it made a lot of sense. So, I again, and I'm probably setting my – well, listen, we set ourselves up for that in 2018, and it worked out pretty well. You know, I I still contend that you know what? If had they beaten Philadelphia, I'm absolutely convinced they beat the Rams, no question. And the Saints don't perform well in the playoffs, and so to me, I, I'm not saying they would have gone and beaten the Saints in, the, in the, the excuse me the Patriots in the Super Bowl, but I don't know crazier things if it happened. I thought, I like, thought right. they
0: would have gone to the Super Bowl that year if they would have 100%. beaten the Eagles. Hundred percent. I, I thought they would have been there. They could have beaten the Saints just like the Rams did. So.
1: You know, we I, never know. <laughs> I, I'm shocked the Eagles didn't. Like, I thought when, when Foles got an opportunity to uh, go down there and, you know, have the chance to win the game, I'm like, oh, Foles is absolutely going to do this. By the way, I kind of want I, – I said this on Tuesday night. I kind of want Foles to return because I want Foles as our BS meter. Like, he was the guy who was like – he he. we knew that, that Nagy sucked because Foles was like not having it. I want I want Foles there so we know and can kind of like have a barometer of like, okay, like if Foles is down with this, then he's gotta be good.
0: Oh my god, I love that idea. And that feels like that should be a graphic of some sort, too.
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Like, and it doesn't cost you a lot of money. You're not saving enough money by cutting him. Like no. what experience backup? Who's a better backup than Nick Foles at this point of their careers? Nobody. Nobody is better than that. And uh, but I I'm with you. And I think, listen, even if, let's say, okay, Rodgers is coming back. Even with Rodgers coming back, I don't think that there is another team out there. I mean, the Rams are going to be regressing a little bit because of the Super Bowl hangover. It just happens. It happens to every team. There is no other team in the NFC where you're like, that team's absolutely going to the playoffs. The NFC East, a lot of question marks. The rest of the North, I know Minnesota should feel pretty good about themselves. They've got a good quarterback and everything. The South is garbage now. Without Tom Brady, that is wide open. The West is okay, but we don't know what's going to happen with Russell Wilson. Is he going to play in Seattle? The 49ers could be moving from their quarterback and starting Trey Lance. Like, to me, when you look at the NFC, like, outside of the Packers, and we know that Aaron Rodgers is coming back, who's good? Uh, Packers and Rams. Fine, Rams. Packers and Rams. Who, Who are the other lock playoff? I don't think that there is one.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. You know, kind of looking at, and obviously obviously Kyler Murray, whatever's going on down there too in Arizona, like it's just a free-for-all at this point. That's a good point. So and that's when you like want, like you hope that, you know, Poles gets the right roster in place. And, you know, maybe the Bears rekindle that 2018 magic, but uh, with a different Matt uh, as the head coach. And, you know, who knows? We've seen crazier things. I don't think, you know, heading into 2018, anyone expected the Bears to do what they did that year. And it certainly helps that they're going to have an easier schedule. Uh, looking at it, it's quite favorable. I know mean, it's too early to kind of judge at this point, but kind of looking at the schedule, I mean it, it, well, it looks a lot better than this, this year. so I mean, we've seen crazier things. I mean, playoffs aren't mm-hmm. off the table.
1: We've seen crazier things. What a great way to put that. And I want to do I do want to thank you for coming in, uh, spending some time with us today. Obviously, the great thing about February is like we can we can come up with these scenarios and still feel pretty plausible. Uh, you do a great job with the USA today with the Bears Wire, where can people find you on the social media channels?
0: You can find me at Alyssa Barbieri on Twitter uh, and you can follow at, at the Bears Wire for everything and check out bearswire.com. Uh, you know, like Adam said, we have a lot of stuff even though it might seem like a little bit of a lull, you know, we, uh, I, we never stopped working there. <laughs>
1: Well, there is no lull with you. So we appreciate you taking some time today. Hopefully you will become a friend of the show and we can have you back at some point uh, during the off season. And uh, thank you very much for doing this. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me, Adam. All right. Thanks so much. There she goes, the great Alyssa Barbieri. And make sure you follow her work. She does a tremendous job. And again, every day, my email, I get a little note. Bears wire, like something. She's got something cooked up, so it's definitely worth subscribing and following along. Now, I did promise at the beginning of the show uh, we were going to talk a little bit about this Tom Brady news. Or, no, no, no. Tom Brady's not coming out of retirement or anything like that, but Tom Brady is going to produce his own movie, and he's going to star in it, and it's about who cares. It doesn't matter because what I want to do right now is take this opportunity to rank the 10 best NFL players turned actors in a segment we like to call Adam Ranks. Sammy, roll the animation. Adam Ranks. This guy will rank anything. Absolutely. Listen, it's my last name. It's what we do. And so I rank every anything and everything. And right now I want to take an opportunity to rank the top 10 former NFL players turned actor and i will say this right off the top we're not going to count the rock with a brief dalliance in the nfl if anything he doesn't count stone cold steve austin does not count bill goldberg would count but outside of obviously being a professional wrestler and outside of doing what was it the longest yard i don't know that his body of work really uh, really speaks Him being a a full he's never started in a movie to my to my estimation, not a real movie, not like The Marine or something like that. So let's start at number 10. And I'm gonna go a lot of these will be old school, but I'll say number 10 is gonna be Howie Long, who hasn't acted in a thing for a long time, but he was one of the co-stars of Broken Arrow with Christian Slater and John Travolta. He also had his own movie called Firestarter or Firestorm. I don't even remember it, doesn't matter. He's he he was on the poster of a movie when you would go to the Edwards cinema. You saw his face. So he comes in at number 10. At number nine, a guy you probably never heard of, but his name is John Matuzak. And he was in a movie called The Goonies. And you talk to anybody who lived in the 80s, they love the movie. They love the movie The Goonies. Uh, he played Chunk. Hey, you guys. It's a guy, Pete Davidson. He made the joke about Peyton Manning and the roast of Rob Lowe. That was John Matuzak, former Raiders player. He comes in at number nine. At number eight, I'm going to go with Brian Bosworth and you might be like, how can you have Brian Bosworth on this list and not have somebody like Bill Goldberg? But again, Brian Bosworth started in his own movie, stone cold, cold stone, no stone cold. Also, you know what? And I thought about this and why he's at number eight and not number 10, for instance, he's now back in those Dr. Pepper commercials. And that to me, that's huge. He's been acting in those Dr. Pepper commercials. He also follows me on Twitter. So that I'm telling you, maybe he gets maybe he gets some extra credit for that. Number seven is going to be Fred the Hammer Williamson, an old school player who played for the Kansas City Chiefs. He was in a lot of great movies back in the day. I only remember him from Dust Till Dawn, where he played. I don't think he played Sex Machine, but he played somebody. But he was in a, he was in a he was in a he was in a Tarantino movie, and he was in a lot of other good movies before my time. But whatever. If I didn't mention him, my dad would be upset. So number five, number six is going to be Carl Weathers. Apollo Creed, he was also in uh, Arrested Development. Like You know Carl Weathers. Like He's got to be so mad that his character was killed off early in those Rocky pictures. He was killed off in Rocky IV, by the way. Spoiler alert. But Carl is also in Predator. He's the meme. He's the guy who's shaking hands with Schwarzenegger. You know the meme. He should be higher on the list just for that because at number five, I'm going to put Dick Buckus, again, follows me on Twitter, again, also had a very limited acting run but was in a couple of great, Television shows, My Two Dads. He was in Hang Time. Yeah, he replaced Reggie Theus in Hang Time. And you know what? He's got a good sense of humor about it as well. So I love him. And number four, Terry Crews. Terry Crews, Brooklyn 99. You know what? I should have had him higher. Brooklyn 99. He was also in Idiocracy, which he plays a president. Who of the idiocracy and I think is like political ideology kind of falls in line with the character that he plays in that movie. So maybe he's fine being at number four. Number three, I'm gonna go to Terry Bradshaw, who was in a bunch of movies that your dad liked back in the day Hooper, The Cannonball Run, a lot of those things. I don't know. If you guys still have DVDs floating around in your house, your parents probably have one, your dad probably has one. Go throw it in, watch it. Fun movie. He's actually like, he was also in failure to launch and did some other stuff. Number two, Jim Brown. Jim Brown is an excellent actor. He's in a lot of cool stuff back in the day. Again, a lot of it before our time, but I do remember him from Mars Attacks. So anybody who's ever seen that movie, you know, one of the more underrated films out there, I think. I love Mars Attacks. Jim Brown was huge in that. He was awesome. He fought a bunch of Martians. Like he's awesome. He's the man. He's like one of the. He's the second best running back of all time. The second best NFL player turned actor. Because at number one, I'm gonna go John David Washington, who again. I know that I wouldn't include The Rock, and I wouldn't include Stone Cold, who had dalliances sort of with the NFL, and I know that John David Washington sort of was an NFL player. Not really, not a not a huge extensive career. He didn't have a career like Jim Brown or Dick Buckets or anybody like that, but this dude is actually a legit actor, and if you're the son of Denzel Washington, it's not hard to imagine, but he was in the Black Klansman. He was in, uh, oh, he was in Ballers. He was amazing and baller. So uh, I think that he deserves to be on this list. So Sammy, can we, can we show that list one more time? And we can uh, run through that real quick. Actually, I lost, you know what? I turned myself, there it is. There's the list. Uh, counting down, Howie Long, John Matuzek, Brian Bosworth, Fred the Hammer, Williamson, Carl Weathers, Dick Buckus, Terry Crews, Terry Bradshaw, Jim Brown, and of course, John David Washington. And of course, you'll come on to these, and be like, what about this guy? Thought about him, wasn't good enough. Sorry, Joe Namath wasn't a good enough actor. What was he on, a television show? He's on a sitcom. He's on Golden Girls or something like that. He doesn't count for that, but there it is. Adam ranks the top 10 former NFL players who became actors, and there it is. And you know what? That's all we're gonna have for you today. Big thanks to Alyssa Barbieri for joining us today. She is amazing. Go go make sure you are following her on uh, Twitter and all that stuff. You're subscribing to the Bears Wire. Get all that information. Of course, we will be back Tuesday night with another Take It to the Rank, an hour-long Q&A where we talk about the most pressing questions with the Chicago Bears. We can even start getting into some fantasy football as well. If you want to start asking some of those questions, we can do it as well. But until that time, thanks to everybody for joining us here today, and we will see you next week. Sammy, roll that closing animation, please. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow The Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.